absolutely do want us to pray and, and just have an, a climate of, of faith. And uh, some, uh, I know they talk about famous people who have taken their lives. And, but I just want us to uh, just enter into an atmosphere of prayer over just uh, those uh, mental health and, and things we can't see on the surface have built up and you know I'll, I'll get into a little bit of, of, of my sermon while we're praying this of that there are some things that we've allowed that were small that have become giants and have become Goliaths some fear some anxiety and they're just so big now they seem to be uh, bigger than we are but but that's not true it's not true and just because they've been around long doesn't mean they are bigger than you they're not bigger than the word they're not bigger than your faith they're not more powerful than you they've just been around because at at the small point they were allowed to stay and 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 along with others and along with loved ones uh as we're talking about just giving our life to you and, and giving our life to god and selling out to god that whole mindset and it really the biggest one i just believe is that confidence and fear that if it's allowed to stay, it'll scare us out of things when we're trying to believe and scare us out of praying and scare us out of even just, just walking around and doing some things that should be just basic. But they become so big and become so attacking that, that we forget how big our God is. And I need us, I just want, I want, just want to be in agreement. I just want to be in agreement. And I, and I get it. I know some famous people have taken their lives. So we know money. Money doesn't hold you together. It's not finances, it's not more money, it's not more fame, it's not more popularity. It's only less of me and more of Jesus that holds us together. So I want you to pray not for yourself as well, but also pray for those around you who just mentally just are not able to grasp it and I can't mentally let go. That thing that has been there so long, it's been such a stronghold that, that it, they are starting to believe that that is bigger than anything that they can believe God to do. So they've just settled to live with it. But in Jesus' name, we're going to call that out and declare uh, just a, a, a mental breakthrough throughout our entire nation. You know, we ask for the nation and we ask for God. So we believe God to do all things and do everything. And, and we just need to believe. And if you think of a loved one in, their, in your life and that you know of, and it's maybe even you, maybe even you, just some areas where your mind tends to just shut down and fear and doubt and frustration and, and even just being hateful or, or crying. Just, you've just decided this is just the way I am and this is what I'm going to live with. And that thing that was once so small, has turned into a Goliath and it is and it's uncircumcised it is not it's not even godly it's not even supposed to be around you this long it's not even supposed to be affecting you this long it's not supposed to be here it has no right to do what it's doing with your children it has no right to do what it's doing to your emotions and your mind and it, it has no right to have you just blow up and apologize and blow up and apologize and cry and apologize and, and quit and apologize it has no right to be there and and, and, as, and I was hearing a word I thought was so awesome about about pouring out and and pouring out but when you become so poor and you don't want to pour you stop the blessings of God Think about the woman with the oil and she says all I have is a little bit and, and me and my sons we're gonna make a cake and we're gonna just die 
And, and Elijah told her, just go and pour your little bit. And they went and got empty vessels, and she was able to pour and pour and pour. But you know when you're so poor emotionally, you don't want to pour into your prayer life. And you're so poor mentally, you don't want to pour in to your, to your life of faith. And you're maybe even poor financially. You're saying, God, I just can't afford to give to you. He's like, I, got, I will keep, I will make it keep coming if you'll bring it to me. But don't be so poor spiritually, mentally, and emotionally that you don't pour out. So I want you to pour out. Give your all. To Jesus right now if you'll just lift your hands I, I don't I don't know where I mean you can sit down and lift your hands you can stand up and lift your hand I don't care how you do it but but you just need to just pour out right now and just say God I need my mind back this thing has turned into a Goliath and it shouldn't have been here it shouldn't be this strong where it stops me from doing the basic stuff that I love and my family needs me to do this thing should not still be here it is standing over my face and telling me where is your God where is your faith who do you think you are but the devil's a liar and I pray every every ancestor of David to say this uncircumcised Philistine must go down now we declare all over our nation that people are being free right now mentally and emotionally as a church we have every right to pray for freedom and begin to access a clarity of mind that they can stand up and say I shall not die but live and declare the works of the Lord I thank you for every saint in the house Lord that has just said God this is just it I'm just going to be an angry person from time to time for no reason and I'm going to be sad from time to time for no reason and things are going to go wrong for no reason no the devil's a liar you're going to stand and walk by faith and not by sight and you're going to see the hand of God and not be reversed you're not going to be a doubter you're going to be a believer you're not going to be someone that puts your hand to start and always give up no that's not who you are you are a child of the most high God and you are blessed to be a blessing you are forever in the grace of God giving to him do not let your mind threaten your faith don't let your feelings threaten your faith don't let your emotions threaten your faith and tell you that it's going to defeat you no you have every right to stand and say God I believe God, I believe not another day I'm going to stand up and think this church is not going to be what it's going to be. Not another day I'm going to stand up and say I'm not going to be the parent I need to be. Not another day I'm going to stand up and say I can't do that job. Not another day I'm going to let this thing stand over me and threaten me like it's been doing. I'll get in the car and drive where I need to do. I'll get up and pray what I need to pray. I'll go before what I need to go before. But I'm not going to sit here and die and sit at the edge of my city that I'm called to take and just die on the hill. Father, we thank you. We are bold enough to ask for the nations. I cannot let this get to my children. I can't let the same giant that held me hostage hold them hostage. So I must get out my five smooth stones right now and prepare my slingshot to defeat this thing so that my children can live under the kingdom of victory and I can live the rest of my life free. You never meant for this thing to turn into a giant. The thing that you're struggling with was never meant to get this big. It was only going to be here for a moment. And now it doesn't know how to leave. And I don't know how to get rid of it. 
But in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus. That's why worship is so important. In Jesus' name, my children will not have bad relationships. And in Jesus' name, the purity of the Lord will take over. In Jesus' name, everybody that's supposed to speak up on my behalf and on my children's behalf, they're going to have a word. They're going to speak up. They're going to confess. They're going to confess. They're going to come back around and they're going to confess and they're going to tell them about the goodness of God and they're going to speak on their behalf have they'll go before kings and and our christopher who's out there in the streets lord i i just thank you jesus that there's no mental illness that's going to be able to come around him and threaten him he is safe and, and protected by the very presence of god and even if your whole life is better and even if your kids are good pray for someone else who's out there trying to protect us and i thank god 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 in jesus name amen 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 and so obviously, if you were here during worship, you realize we're talking about taking the giant, all right? I'm going to take the giant down. We're not taking it out to eat. We're not taking it for friendship. We're going to take the giant down. So with God, we are always bigger, always bigger. You know, it, it, when uh, I would uh, hear even Bible stories uh, being just a vertically challenged <laughs> short person in our family I always wanted to know uh, I love the verses when things were bigger you know I always loved the uh, David and Goliath story because I love when the bigger thing actually went down and uh, and so there's a there's a greatness about God that he imparts to everyone at all times for us to walk in his very best uh, so in Matthew chapter 12 and verse 28 through 30, and obviously prelude, talking about this thing with mental illness, being able to see things and deal with things as a, as a spiritual family and, and loved ones, we should always be able to have someone, somebody we can speak up and talk to and be able to open up to and just have a time where we don't let the small things become big things. It's even what we try to do with our children. Don't let them fester till you blow up and then we want to we want to um, choke you out for the day. But you know, just different things where they will, can speak and have an open place. And, and, and that's where, as a, as a church body, we pray. We have these times where we're praying together, and it just releases that thing. So in Matthew chapter 12, verse 28 through 30, he says, But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is come unto you. Or else how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods except... Uh, he first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his house. He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. And Father, I just thank you, Lord, that we believe that we're going to receive all that you have for us in complete and total healing from inside to out, head to tail. And we thank you, Lord God, that you are delivering. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So uh, we've been thinking about it and ever been a had a stronghold in your life or uh, for lack of just being too not too biblical addiction or something that you just seems to do over and over again. You know, the Bible is, is pretty clear that God is bigger than that thing. God in you is bigger than that. God in, there, in you is bigger than that. Not only is he bigger than that, he's bigger than it being transferred on to anyone else. You know, we, we can go, you can be around family reunions where they say they got the temper of this person. 
you know, very rarely do you hear folks say they got the joy of that ancestor or the, you know, the happiness of that ancestor. They don't talk about the good things past. They talk about the bad things past. But strongholds or giants or whatever need to be bound when they're small, right? They're easily defeated when they're little, right? Uh, if, you've, if you've ever had skin irritation or rash or something like that, as long as it's small and you don't start scratching, it can't grow. But the minute you scratch, and it feels good to scratch, don't it? Come on now, tell the truth. If you have one of them, like you can just, and you can rub it till it gets bigger, and then you're like, I don't even care. I just want to, you know, and then later you feel bad about it. But then at the time, it's just, it's growing on you. And so uh, things that are not with God are going to scatter you. What it means is that they're designed to get big enough to separate you from God. To scatter you and not make you not you, you'll still believe in God, but you'll be so far away from from just entering into God. Even church along or coming to church or entering into the presence of God will be difficult to you. So strongholds don't start off in our life as Goliaths. They don't start off that big. Uh, even when we go down to the uh, uh, downtown and talk to a lot of the homeless people and a lot of them that were addicted on drugs. And I remember the one man told me, he says, I never meant to end up here. I never thought I would get so addicted that I'd rob my family, rob my mother, rob my grandmother, rob my grandparents, rob. I never thought that they would have to disown me and I still couldn't stop. I never thought, I never thought that, I remember saying, I never thought it would get that big. I never thought it'd be a Goliath that would be standing over me, telling me I'm afraid, come out and challenge me and I'll be afraid to challenge it. I never, I never thought that would be the case. So, so they usually start off as something we enjoy, small enough to, uh, small, small enough to seem controllable. Right? It's, I'm in control of this. I got this. It's not that big a deal. I only get mad in lines. I only get mad. I'm the same here. Right here. You know, I can't control it if I don't have to be around it. But there are times where it's going to come and, and it's going to be around you. Right? I, I, this this uh, thing, I can do it without it having me. So, however, what isn't with God is against God and will ultimately control those that side with it. So it's, I can control it, but really the whole time it's controlling you and it's trying to get you on its side. And when we were trying to look into these things and even talking to teachers in Houston, what is making our, our, our little, our, our young people take their lives? What is getting them to that place in life to where that thing has such a hole that it says, now it's time for you to stop being here. Right. And it's kind of that part where you said we said now we got to catch these things early. And if it separates you from life, it starts to talk in terms of no life. You need to move, grab it by the throat then and start to pull it out. Don't let it grow up and grow bad, because once it grows up, it's harder to remove. Right. It, it's harder to remove. There are some shots we got when we were children that. We're glad we got them when they were children because they seem to hurt more when you get older. Go ahead and get the chicken pox now if you want to. It is a whole different uh, clown when you have to deal with it as an adult because we don't want to deal with stuff. We don't want to go through the pain. We don't want to do, you know, we're not like a little kid who can bounce back and want to play. We can't put you in front of a merry-go-round and you just be happy about it. No, you want relief, 
or to be just put into something that w where you can't move. So it's, it, it says it's on your side. So the first thing we have to do, first, bind anything that doesn't side with your worship and faith in God. You bind it. If it's not on the side of worship and faith, bind it. Right? So this is the first, in order to take the strong man, you must first bind it. So it won't come in me. It won't let me come to faith. It won't let me come to worship. I've got to bind that thing. That could be sleep. That could be just frustration. That could be doubt. That could be whatever. Bind that thing because you cannot take the house if that's loose. Right? And if it gets loose, it's going to begin to take the integrity of your worship and your faith. And it'll attack the integrity of it, attack the honesty of it. And now you'll start to raise and, and do things like you said you would never raise and do things. You'll turn into the parent you said you'd never be. You'll turn into the spouse you said you'd never be. You'll turn into the friend you said you'd never be because that thing got loose and now it is in control. It is threatening all that you have. But first, bind it. Which means now, I want to kind of help you out if you're in the midst of condemnation because something has been with you for so long, it's never too late when you're with Jesus. How about that? Let me make sure that's a little commercial side job. It's never too late when you are with God. And he will put you back in that place. So if it starts to do that, you said, hey, you're against my worship and you're against my faith. I must bind you. What doesn't side with God will sin with you. So if it's not siding with God, it will sin with you. It will use you to do things that you said you wouldn't do and it use you to do things outside of the will of God. So I'm not going to side with God, but I'm going to sin with you. And everything that tells you don't, don't go in there and pray so it pulls you out, but then it takes you to this area of life that's not obedient. Right? So it said, hey, look, you know, I, I know God is asking you to get up and pray, but I, let's not side with that. Let's go here. And ultimately... Being out of position, we get out of the will, right? And, and now sin with you doesn't mean you go out and rob a bank. Sin with you could be that you just lost your temper. Sin could be with you, you just allowed some emotions to overtake you. Sin could be with you not keeping your word, not being responsible, just whatever. But because it wouldn't side with God, it decided to sin with you. So I got to get out of things that does not side with God. If I'm about to make a decision that doesn't side with God and I haven't gone to God to do it, that decision will ultimately sin with me and send me to places I did not want to go. So what doesn't side with God will sin with you. Deal with things early before they become done with you and you are known as the strong man's house. If you notice, it says in order to take the strong man's house, it's no longer talking about the house who it really belongs to. It's talking about the behavior in the house and only recognize it by the behavior in the house. So if the Gantt home has strongholds in it, it'll be the demonic house or the house of issues, house of whatever. We know a family that moved into a house where the person had committed suicide. And now it was a suicide house. Not the house they were paying for and buying and renting, you know what I mean, or whatever they were doing with it. Uh, and, and it became the suicide house instead of their house. 
So sometimes what the stronghold is, you become labeled as a stronghold. There's the depressed person. There's the, there's the uh, down person. There's the miserable person. There's the mentally unstable person. There's the person, whatever. And you can't let your house become labeled. But the only way it becomes labeled because the strong man is allowed to become stronger. Ergo's angry man. Faith has and always will be stronger than any stronghold. So a stronghold exists in a believer's life based on the strength they put into their faith. So if my faith is out there, that stronghold can't stay. That means you don't need more faith. You just need to apply the strength to the faith you already have. I don't have to get more of it. I just need to apply what I absolutely have. And, and there are times that, that God will re remind you back to some things I was telling uh, Pastor Rita and, and, and Brad uh, about, I'm like, uh, we just started, when we were starting to work out, I, my shoulders were hurting like, like I've never felt before, like just where I couldn't, even if I sit still, it hurt. If I moved, it hurt. If I laid down, it hurt. The only time it did hurt, if I was taking medication. And, and, and God just revealed to me, what did you used to do when you'd have arm pain? And I go, well, when I pitched, I put ice on it. God says, go put some ice on it. And I sat there and we have frozen vegetables. So now I don't have to get ice and just put there <laughs> some frozen vegetables. And sure enough, the pain went away. And I think God will take you back to where he started with you. To let you know your destiny is not too grown for the simple belief of just behavior and ministering the word of God. I thought about, all I needed was ice. That's all I needed was ice. I'm up against the wall doing rubs with a tennis ball. I got stuff. I look uncomfortable. I look strange. I'm all on the mat rolling. Now, I do need to stretch, but not that bad to get rid of pain. I was waking up in the middle of the night, up against the wall, rolling up and down the wall. I wasn't sleeping. Just go get some peas, some frozen peas, frozen onions, and put it on your arm, well, in the bags, and just set them up there. Some of the things that God has said, the gospel is simple. Some of the things you're waiting for a big breakthrough to get through this thing, your addiction is not that big that it can handle a small word from Jesus and say, by his stripes you're healed. You're free. Who the son has set free is free indeed. But we always feel like we need to do more because we think it's more. And all we have to do is just speak the word only and, and be free and heal. So Jesus said the smallest faith will remove mountains when applied, but without faith, the smallest problems can become the greatest giants. He said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you'll say to this mountain, be removed and it will get up and go. But if you won't have faith, the smallest thing can become a mountain you cannot move. And so, again, all I have to do is I got to go back to apply and, and apply my faith. Apply my faith. Don't, don't let the thing you're praying about get so big or to you that you think that it's bigger than your God. You just keep applying the word. I'm just going to put the word on that. I'm going to put the word on that. Uh, Isaiah 55, 11, the word cannot and will not return to you void. It will accomplish where it is sent. I'm just, just going to put the word on it. I'm just going to keep praying. I'm going to believe God. I'm going to say, God, that thing is not bigger than you. And that's exactly what David did to Goliath, you uncircumcised Philistine. He was the smallest one, but had the, had the biggest one on his side. 
So I don't have to have a great stature or a great status to see God move in a great way. All I have to do is just believe. Without, we need to also make sure we tell our kids that because this whole popularity thing where things are, you know, you got to be this to be popular. got to be on this to be popular. No, I just got to be with Jesus and he will popularize me. That's maybe not be a word, but we're going to go with it today, right? The best time to take the giant is when it is small and feels good to you. As, Ms., as, as Pastor Rita was up here saying, when that thought enters your mind before you take it home and make it into a fight, if you'll deal with it then, it won't become a giant at home. Right? If I go ahead and handle this now, it can't get big enough to rule my house. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 30 through 33, it says, Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye, little, o ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what sh wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father, which knoweth that ye have need of all, the all these things, but Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. We can find the growth of every giant or every ungodly giant in our life was by who we sought first. And if we did not seek God first, that thing turned into a giant. If we did seek God first, we're thanking God, thank you, that thing could have turned into a giant. That could have been my biggest mess had I not put God first. But because I put God first, that thing has no growing power in my life. It can, it has, everything has showing power. All things show up, but they can't grow up. Right? That's brand new stuff. That's fresh. That's hot. Because a lot of times believers, we're mad because stuff showed up. Don't be mad because it showed up. Anybody ever have to ask for sugar from your neighbors? Was any of y'all ever sent next door to get sugar from Nate? The parents wanted it, but you had to go get it. You felt embarrassed with that cup. You just, all you wanted to say was, oh. I, you know, it's like you want to go in some holy or humbly come before you today <laughs> for a cup of sugar for our Kool-Aid. You know, it's like, it's like, you know, and they already knew the neighbor had it. They knew. Go over there and borrow. They wouldn't say go over there and see if they have it. They said go over there and borrow it. Because next week they're going to need sugar. But they knew they had it. They just wanted you to go get it. Man, that was the longest walk ever. I used to thank God for short legs. <laughs> Hit that door and hoping they wouldn't answer. Knowing they coming because the screen door is the only thing locked. The other door is open. The side dough, as we call it. And they would come to get, and it was the most embarrassing thing to receive what you asked for. And we developed a habit of not asking because we didn't want to get it because we felt like we were going to owe them. But it was something that higher ups had already asked us to go do. God has sent you to ask if others are okay, to see if they got some sugar. And see if they can have something where you can give back to them. He sent you to check on one another. He sent us to make sure. As we preached on Wednesday about caretaking. Being able to take care of one another. So 
Putting God first will expose anything that should be removed from our life. Strongholds comes when the message of this is your chance to have something that doesn't require God. Here's your chance to have something that you don't have to pray about. Here's something to have something that you don't have to have faith about. Here's something to have something where you don't have to put the word next to it. That's when they begin to show up. Anything in our life that doesn't require God is going to acquire our belief. So if it doesn't require God, it's going to acquire our belief and going to acquire our faith. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18 through 19. We understand in verse 33 of 6 it, that we seek God first. Everything else is added. See the king first. In 16, 18, it says, I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. And, and God had just asked Peter, who do man say that I am? And Peter said, thou art the Christ, son of the living God. And he says, thou art Peter. And, and upon this rock, upon that word, upon that faith in that word that he said, he wasn't building a church on Peter's back. He says, I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. If you've ever been addicted to anything, you know what kind of hell it is. If you've ever seen someone addicted, you know what kind of hell they are going through. And what has to happen is the building of the church up on that rock, up on that faith, that there is the Son of God. There is the Son of God, who is the Son of the living God, and the gates of hell cannot prevail. And you have to bring them right back to full circle. Who do you say that I am? Thou art the Christ. Thou art the anointed one. And this stronghold can't stay. This generational curse cannot stay. This way of behavior cannot stay because you are destroyed. The gates of hell shall not be able to prevail here. That's where I apply it. Verse 19 says, and I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And, whos and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whos whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And what happens with an addiction or with a stronghold or with a mental illness, people think they have no keys to unlock themselves from the thing that that's attacking them. And here he says, I've given you the keys to the kingdom. You hear kingdom of God in, in that spiritual class. Kingdom of God means God's way of doing things. And what is God's way of doing things? That who the Son has set free is free indeed. That you shall live and not die. And declare the works of the Lord. That I have set you on a pace to do great things. That I have thoughts of you, thoughts of good and not evil, so that you haven't expected it. That's the key that you have. That by stripes you're healed. You've got that key. That you are blessed to be a blessing. That's the keys I've delivered to you. He's delivered that in verse 19. And he says that what you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven are there addictions in heaven let me answer it for you no because it's all free there so what he's saying is if you bind it here just like it's bound there you're free here just like you'd be free there right we have to we have to begin to speak that he says bind it here act like you're going there so as you live here like you're going there there can become here because it's bound, what I bind on earth is bound in heaven. It's loose. There's nothing worse than having your heaven that you believe in feel like it is as condemned and caught up as your regular life. Most people don't 
most people see their heavenly father like they saw their earthly father. And it's usually it's when they see him bad. And they say that I'm, my heavenly father must be as bound as my earthly father was. And if my earthly father was an abuser, my heavenly father, my view of my heavenly father must be an abuser. And if that's the way it is, and he says, no, 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 that's not who I am. What I said was for you to call earth like it's heaven. And heaven can come and visit you on earth so you can have heaven on earth. Those are a lot of good words. And... I didn't mean to put it that way because that's not what's written. So I'll have to get the I have to get the audio to what I just said. How we deal with things on earth can affect how we believe about heaven. And you've seen people when things have gone bad, they've stopped believing in God. Because they thought earth must represent heaven. And earth is what heaven's gonna be like. And if I'm let down here, I must be let down there. Or if I'm let down here, I must let go of there. And, and God has said, no, don't, don't, don't mismanage me. Don't let that thing change your view of me. Satan is after your world here to, see, to deceive you about the eternal life to come. So he chases you here so you feel like you're chased away from there. You're on that, that chase thing. So if he can get, if he can get you out of faith on earth, he will try to get you out of your faith in heaven. Bind the strong man so that you can stay in touch with God's plan. A believer living in heaven on earth will point people toward heaven after earth. Right? So if I live like heaven is on earth and God is my savior, he's my deliverer. That don't mean I won't have issues, but I won't let issues have me. And I live like that. That means I can point people toward where I'm headed, not where I am. This won't be my best moment. It was so fired up this, this morning as I came. I ran up here, jogged up here to pray. And, and y'all just, y'all get Pastor Donnie and I a little freedom from the suits this summer. Uh, it's just hot. I, I wrote it when I got back to the house. I wrote, bruh, B-R-U-H. Bruh, it's hot. I'm dressing down. I just, I just, as I was jogging here on, this is about the third mile, I hit that hill by my house. By the way, did y'all see the gigantic snake at the end of the hill? Big old snake. I backed up when I got in my car. I went and got in the car because it's just curled up right there at the end of the hill. It was dead. It's the only reason why I'm going to fellowship with it. But I wanted to make sure it was a big old, big rat snake, big, the, the kind we like, you know, they eat the. They eat the little mice running around here. Love them. Love what they do. Don't want to play with them. Don't want to have one. But love what they do. And, and as, I was, as I was coming back, as I was running, I was thinking, God, I don't know how I'm going to get completely dressed today. Today, it took me an hour and a half to quit sweating. After I was done. I want, I want you to have the same type of faith. When you walk out of here, I don't want it to leave you. I want you to keep sweating the gospel, sweating the belief, sweating the faith, sweating the anointing of God. And that's how I woke up Jaira. I just started throwing my sweat on him this morning. Yeah, yeah. he got on up out of bed. Was he on time? Was he earlier than he usually get here? He's earlier. Just walk behind him just. He didn't like it. So a believer living in heaven on earth will point 
people toward heaven after earth. If you act like this is a hell, no one is going to want to go where you're going. All right, First John chapter 4, verse 2 through 4. I don't believe they have to wear suits in heaven. I just don't. Thank God got his dudes up there looking like morticians. Hereby now ye the spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And, and, that, and, and this is the spirit of Antichrist. It is an Antichrist spirit that says that you are not of Christ. Wherefore, ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is in the world. Can we honestly, we can say that there's an Antichrist spirit in our world today. It's against everything that is of God. And you can hear principles all over the nation says, since we stopped praying in school, problems got crazy. You've said that. We, we're, 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 we're politically correct, but we're spiritually corrupt. Verse 4 says, ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Now, I, I, I want you to, I want you to, we, we, Brad and I did something yesterday. We lifted light, but we got a lot out of it. It's almost like as if we lifted heavy, and it was, it was crazy. But, but I, here's what I think an analogy of that is that if you'll just lift what you have, quit waiting until you get this big old strong amount to put on there. Lift what you have, and God will build where, where you are. Live what you have. God will build where you are. We were both, we were like, this is so light, but it is, it is, we could actually feel it, you know, and you, you've been training, you know, and if you're doing it and the way we were doing it, it was more concentrated. And I want you to concentrate on just that little bit of faith that you have and watch that begin to, to, to flex your spiritual muscles, begin to tighten up what you thought was too soft and, and God will begin to build through you. He says, we are, and oh gosh, we are saved by grace. So, so, and so this one on Saturday morning, this one hit me and I was out there and what I have to do is I have to stop and take notes, right? And I take notes on my phone. I have on my phone and, and this is where I, I've got to write the book because I have on my little memo sheet, it is loaded with just notes and I have to stop and it says this and this is what I got. It says that it is, it is important that we grace our salvation, that we grace it. What is grace? Unmerited favor. If you don't live in your salvation like unmerited favor, we need to grace our salvation. So as the favor we didn't deserve, we should serve God like he owes us nothing to do so. Right? So I, I got grace is the unmerited favor. It was, he says, I'm saved by grace. I'm, I, there's nothing I can do to be saved. God just gave it to me. It's a, not a gift I can earn. It's a gift I receive. Now let me respond by giving back to the salvation like it doesn't owe me a thing. Let me grace that I'm saved. By grace I am saved, but let me grace that I am saved. Let me do it for unmerited favor. When we were youth pastors, and, and Mama Steph, remember this, we'd get together with three other churches, two other churches, two or three, one of them. The other youth pastors who were paid staff members, we were volunteers, which means 
we, we were crazy, okay? Let's just be honest. And they loved it when we got together. They would just give Pastor Rita and I the floor because they knew what they wanted to say to their kids. They couldn't say to their kids due to the fact they didn't want to get fired. But they said, we want to bring. And they want to meet like every month, once a month, just to give their kids some truth and, and somebody to go off on them for a little bit. And the other youth pastors just be sitting there like, well, yeah, it's him. But they're like, thank you so much. That little girl right there needed to hear everything you just said. And if we were having prayer time, we'd have these, these nightly prayer times. Remember that? We'd be in church and have prayer times. And, and if anybody got up and walked around, I'd go, man, what you doing? People going to hell and you walking around. <laughs> and their youth pastors go over there and hug them. I'm sorry he did that to you. And they'd be like, God is going to use you to, to call some things out of your family. Other people just can't say what you can say. And I'm not telling you to be rude. Don't get me wrong. There's going to be a way God can use you to speak honest to goodness truth and set the whole family free. We remember, I was thinking about it, we remember that. Pastor Rita and I would get up and we'd be like, no, here's what the Bible says. Little boy all rubbed up against his girlfriend during the prayer time. You done climbed over Matthew, Mark, and Luke. You got a devil, man. He <laughs> climbed over all the Gospels, Jenny. <laughs> Put a Bible in between you or something. Some oil. He did. And we had to call him out. Fix your clothes. Sit up there. Spread out. Do all of that. Amen. Hey, man, you guys bow your heads because I'm starting to unravel. Ain't nobody coming back to youth past the days. Those days are crazy. Now, as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, I, I think it was prophetic from us, what Pastor Rita said to you guys during the offering time, and especially when it comes to relationships and dealing with things that, you know, that, that there are times old hurts uh, rise up and, and make you act in old ways. And, and, and I believe was, she was really, really, I think God was really anointing those words to release those old things. Don't let them grow big on you. You can sit uh, at other times and say, no, 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 and I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to go back. But, but when push comes to shove, because the giant was never bound and cast out, it still is allowed to come up. So I, I want you to give yourself a chance to release some hurt and release some anger and release some frustration. I believe we're all saved in here. We've all accepted Christ. Uh, and, and, and I just don't want that thing to turn into a mental stronghold. And even if it has become a mental stronghold, I want you to just receive healing and, and deliverance from God right now in the name of Jesus. That God is going to set you free and you don't have to look over your shoulder and you don't have to worry and you don't have to look for evidence and you don't have to look for all of these things and you don't have to defend yourself anymore. But you can just lift up your heart and release your, your mind to God and say, God, wherever I am, as long as I'm where you call me to be, I know you're going to provide and you're going to guide and you're going to see me through. I, release me, Lord, from looking for evidence to be heard again. 
Release me, Lord, for looking for evidence for me to be angry and hateful again. Release me, Lord, from looking for a place where I'm going to be abandoned again. Release me from those things, Jesus. I bind the strong man that has tried to keep me captive in this area. I take the house back. That as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. And I'm no longer going to be divided and fall for this stuff anymore. I said over and over again, I'm never going to do this again. I'm never going to think that way again. But because I never bound the strong man, my house was divided. And a house divided cannot stand. So everything I was trying to stand up against, because my house was broken, I couldn't do it. Lord, I lean not to my own understanding. I cast my cares over on you. I seek first the kingdom of God. And believe everything else is going to be added. My children will not be abused the way I was abused. I will not be abandoned the way I was once abandoned. Not be hurt again the way I once was. So this thing can no longer be a giant in my life again. You uncircumcised thing. How dare you oppose my God who saved me and has always been here with me. I give you access to the door. I return to cinder <laughs> and I am free by God Almighty. I am not too late. I'm right on time to walk in the very deliverance and freedom of God that he may know that all truth resides in me. In Jesus name, everybody say, amen, amen, amen.